Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Today's podcast is the Q&A that followed the message on James 5.14, and there were six questions. Number one, is sickness a result of sin? Why does God allow us to get sick? Number two, why is it elders who anoint the sick and pray for them rather than just anyone in the church? Number three, how is what James commands here different from what the faith healers teach? Number four, if someone strays from the church, how can you persuade that person to come back? Number five, verse 12 says not to swear at all. So is it right to take an oath or make a covenant agreement about my involvement in the church? And number six, is formal membership in church important? So the question is, if you have a disease, does that mean that it's God who gave you the disease because of some particular sin in your life? Is all disease and illness a result of sinning? The answer is no. No, we know that from the book of James. And I'll cover this uh, probably in the next week's sermon about uh, from the book of Job. Job, his sickness did not come because of his own personal sin. There's other reasons why God allows you to be sick. Yeah, well, the reason why God allows you to have a particular disease can vary. Sometimes it might be chastisement for sin, but other times it might be uh, because he wants to do like he did with Job and show his glory because it glorifies him. You've, you've had this disease all, this, all these years, and here you are in church. Why are you here? Why are you worshiping a God that would let you suffer that much? The only explanation? He's worthy. Right? He's worthy. He's good. Well, that glorifies him for you to keep worshiping him even though you're sick. And so that's maybe he gave you just for his glory. You know, or uh, to strengthen your faith or a host of other reasons. So there's a lot of different reasons why it, why he may have given you that. Okay. Why does it need to be an elder and not just any Christian? I think it can be any Christian. Um, and I think that that's implied in the next verse when he says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, one another. Everybody do this. I think the elders are to take the lead and then in the verse 16, the whole church follows that lead. So I, it can be anybody, but I think that he, he, he singles out the elders because you want to go to somebody who has some spiritual maturity. If you need spiritual refreshment, you want to go to somebody that knows the scriptures, that can communicate those scriptures to you, that can encourage you, that has spiritual maturity, and that is a a righteous, godly person so that their prayers are powerful and effective. And so the more a person fits that that description, the better that that person is to invite to come to pray for you. But yeah, anybody. We'll we'll all be praying for each other by the time we get to verse 16. Yeah, Yeah, the faith healer thing, they get a lot out of this passage, but they... They conveniently ignore several parts, and we'll talk about this in the sermons to come too. Typically, the faith healer, first of all, they want you to come to them and say them coming to you. Second of all, they uh, if, if it doesn't work, why doesn't it work? Who's at fault? You are. You don't have enough faith. What does this What does this passage say? If it doesn't work, this is um, the elders will pray and the prayer of faith will heal. So if it doesn't work, who's lacking faith? The elder. Right? So, yeah, they get a few things mixed up, those faith healers. Uh, but we'll, we'll cover all that as we, as we go. Instead of the question is, somebody does drift away from the fellowship, how can, how can you go to that person and persuade them to come back? I mean, what, what is it that would persuade someone to come back? 
That's a hard question because the because people leave for various different reasons. But what I would do is, I mean, what I try to do is get to the bottom of it. You get to the core problem. What is it that is behind this? You were excited about church. Now you're not. What happened? And and a lot of times you gotta you gotta sift through the excuses. Oh, it's a you know two or three are gathered, and I'm doing this, and organized religion, and blah blah blah. And just you know kind of wade through all that and get down to what happened, what changed. Did someone hurt you? Did you did you are you just lazy? Is it is it this? Is it that? Are you angry at God? Are you you know just get try to get to the heart issue. And if you if they'll open up enough to let you know that, then I would just say, hey, what if we just got together once a week? You see, you and I, we have some, we, you know, we have coffee, we have dinner, uh, lunch, whatever, and uh, let's just talk about this stuff. See what Scripture says about us. See if we can encourage. Uh, I mean, God doesn't want you to be discouraged, right? So let's see if I can help help you become encouraged. The sermon. On, the question is, how do we square this, which is like a vow? with the verse that we just studied in verse 12 where he said don't swear at all um, by anything. And uh, what we found in this, when we studied that is that that verse is not prohibiting uh, appropriate formal vows on special occasions. It's prohibiting using vows in everyday speech uh, as a disguise for dishonesty. And I, I tried to make a case for that when, you know, when I did that sermon. But uh, we do see in Scripture vows very often and oaths very often where Paul will say, God will testify, I'm telling you the truth, or, or, or you know, various, God himself swears oaths. And, and, and um, uh, so, so formal oaths, wedding vows, things like that on special occasions for the purpose of solemnizing something and, and reminding yourself of the truthfulness of it um, is appropriate. And is we believe not condemned by that verse. Yeah, yeah. James is just clearly. This is the most clear quotation of something that Jesus said in, in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, uh, "Don't swear by anything." And Jesus made it more clear what he was getting at. It, it was their oaths where they were saying, "Well, I swear by the gold in the temple," or "I swear by the temple." And then one of them was binding, the other one wasn't, and they were just trying to be dishonest. Yeah. Well, okay, so what about the negative that I first brought up about if we do something like, if, the more we formalize membership, the more we create a situation where there can be non-membership. I'm not talking about going f- the full uh, formalized membership road here. I still would say that if you come here and you claim to be a Christian, you agree with our doctrinal statement, you come here, you attend here regularly, more than you come to any other church, uh, whether you sign this thing or not, you're a member. You're a member, and you have these responsibilities that are in that form. Whether you sign them or not, you have them. <laughs> and and we will do what we can to make sure people understand that. So. Well, the, the way that we... No, this wouldn't be the, for the purpose of weeding out unbelievers. The way that we try to weed out unbelievers from uh, membership is with the Agape 101 class when we have a whole session presenting the gospel and we ask the, the people to sign, say, yes, I agree, this is the true gospel, and yes, this has happened in my life. And we try to make sure they understand that. 
And so when people say, no, I'm still searching, or I don't agree that this is the gospel, or, you know, I believe you're saved by something else, or whatever, then they're welcome to come and observe and attend, but they're not considered members. Exactly. It's, it's, that's what it's for, is to just remind yourself, these are my responsibilities, and I need to be serious about carrying out these responsibilities. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.